Thanks to the wonderful folks at Anchor.fm. Welcome, listeners, to Tom Reads Your Story. Join voice actor Tom Zania as he reads from past audiobooks and other spoken word projects. You writers may also be given the chance to have your newly written material, fiction or nonfiction, read to an audience. This show will get the words out. And now, here's the host of Tom Reads Your Story, voice actor and podcaster, Tom Zania. And as always, thank you very much, Mr. Announcer, for that lovely introduction. Welcome to you voice actors, writers of all kinds, and audiobook listeners. We are celebrating the spoken word, and this is Tom Reads Your Story. Thanks for stopping by. I'm glad you're here. So, today. Today we have uh, the usual thing. It's uh, a couple of ads. Uh, A couple of things from, uh, I think I took something from Facebook. Yes. One thing from Facebook. Now, obviously, we know what's what's going on in the country. There's some some uh, some awful social unrest happening over race. And we are sort of just watching if we're not down there protesting with our nose pressed up against the glass. Um hoping this all ends pretty soon and and some dialogue can finally start. Although we've had this before, this is, this is something that this country is a lesson. This country doesn't seem to learn. We've had race related unrest a lot in the past several years, and it's not something that's just going to go away. And in this country, we always lean on that one hope. Gee, maybe we can just sweep it under the rug and, and we can forget about it. No, we can't. And we're paying for it now. And something has to be done. Uh, what I'm referring to is a piece of poetry called Just Follow the Rules uh, by Keith. It's either Keith Giles or Keith Giles who was, a best, I believe, a, a pastor at one time. This is all the information I could find on him. But it was posted by a friend of mine in, um, in Facebook. Her name is Joyce Bean. Uh, we did a show together years ago. The other piece is by Carl Sagan called Man in His Arrogance. Now, I played Pale Blue Dot, and I've played it a lot lately. Uh, I've posted it in Facebook. I put it on the podcast. There is another thing he did called Man in His Arrogance that I'm playing today that is kind of uh, butt up against the other one I just mentioned. Uh, This is about man's arrogant attitude of being the most important thing in the universe, which those of us in the know no, cannot be true. And it's a piece that he wrote that that I'm putting right next to um, this other Just Follow the Rules piece of poetry, and I think they would go together very, very, very well. Um, and I'll be playing that in just a moment. I want to remind you, and I this is, you know, this is my due diligence every time we, uh, we do a show, and I, I want to tell you that those of you 
who would like something read by myself. Maybe you have a dramatic piece of poetry. Maybe you have a, a short chapter in your novel that you're working on or uh, some type of uh, article that you may have written that you would like me to read. I'll be more than happy to at least take a look at it. And chances are I'll want to record it for you. So send it to me at Tom Reads Your Story at yahoo.com. That's all one word. Tom Reads Your Story at yahoo.com. And I think you'll enjoy this. Don't worry. It has nothing to do with drinking weird green smoothies or eating nothing but granola. The solution is simple, affordable, and all-natural. In fact, you might have it in your kitchen right now, and Big Pharma would definitely prefer that you not know that, just like they'd prefer you not know something else. The risk-side effects of blood pressure drugs are far more deadly than you may realize and just might put you in an early grave. So even if you're just thinking about taking blood pressure drugs, watch this important video right now to the end because it could save your life. And I, I neglected to mention, uh, when I said I think you'll enjoy this, I was referring to what you just heard. Uh, this was... Uh, something about a, uh, an alternative to blood pressure drugs that I recorded uh, a while back. Um, I, it might have been an audition for some. I don't think it was an audition. It might have been just something that I found that I wanted to read. And I have a lot of that. Well, most of what I have in the vault is stuff that I just felt like doing. And that was one of them. Uh, uh, it's a blood pressure alternative. The other ad that you're going to hear a little bit later is about Zeljans. And that's something I did for the law firm that I work a day job at. It's a uh, Zeljans is an arthritis drug that uh, is being litigated. It's got some problems, and I wanted to play that for you, which uh, you'll hear in a bit. Man in His Arrogance by Carl Sagan. See that star? It might not be there anymore. It might be gone by now, exploded or something. Its light is still crossing space, just reaching our eyes now. But we don't see it as it is. We see it as it was. Many people experience a stirring sense of wonder when they first confront this simple truth. Why? Why should it be so compelling? The immense distances to the stars and the galaxies means we see everything in the past, some as they were before the Earth came to be. Telescopes are time machines. Long ago, when an early galaxy began to pour light out into the surrounding darkness, no witness could have known that billions of years later, some remote clumps of rock and metal, ice and organic molecules, would fall together to form a place 
that we call Earth. And surely, nobody could have imagined that life would arise and thinking beings evolve who would one day capture a fraction of that light and would try to puzzle out what sent it on its way. We can recognize here a shortcoming, in some circumstances serious, in our ability to understand the world. Characteristically, willy-nilly we seem compelled to project our own nature onto nature. Man, in his arrogance, thinks himself a great work worthy of the interposition of a deity, Darwin wrote in his notebook, more humble and I think truer to consider himself created from animals. We're Johnny-come-latelys. We live in the cosmic boondocks. We emerged from microbes and muck. Apes are our cousins. Our thoughts are not entirely our own. And on top of that, we're making a mess of our planet and becoming a danger to ourselves. The trapdoor beneath our feet swings open. We find ourselves in bottomless freefall. We are lost in a great darkness and there is nobody to send out a search party. Given so harsh a reality, of course, we are inclined to shut our eyes and pretend that we are safe and snug at home, that the fall is only a bad dream. If it takes a little myth and ritual to get us through a night that seems endless, who among us cannot sympathize and understand? We long to be here for a purpose, even though, despite such self-deception, none is evident. The significance of our lives and our fragile planet is then determined by our own wisdom and courage. We are the custodians of life's meaning. We long for parents to care for us, to forgive us of our errors, to save us from our childish mistakes. But knowledge is preferable to ignorance. Better by far to embrace the harsh reality than a reassuring fable. Modern science has been a voyage into the unknown, with a lesson in humility waiting at every stop. Our common sense intuitions can be mistaken. Our preferences don't count. We do not live in a privileged reference frame. If we crave some cosmic purpose, then let us find ourselves a worthy goal. Please, Just Follow the Rules by Keith Giles And when we murder you, could you please protest peacefully? And when we choke your life away, please kindly refrain from outrage. And when we chase you down in the streets with our shotguns, please don't try to run. Please stop and obey our simple commands. And when we press our knees into your throat for nine minutes, Please don't take a knee during our national anthem and ruin our football games. Things are not so bad, are they? Things are not so bad for us. Everyone has the same opportunity in this land of the free. At least, it's always been that way for me. And when we take your life away, it's only because you didn't follow our rules. And when we take your life away, it's just because you matched the description of someone else we feared. And when we take your life from you, it's just because you were holding that cell phone. We thought it was a gun. And that empty hand? We thought it was a gun. 
And that toy you're holding? We thought it was a gun. And that gun you had a legal permit to own? It made us fear for our lives. You make us fear for our lives. We don't know why. Our lives are precious. Our lives are at risk. You have to understand. It's so hard to be white in America today. You need to understand. Is it so hard to understand? Please just protest peacefully. Please don't interrupt our football games. Please don't remind us of how we've treated you. Please just follow the rules. And, of course, that was very biting, what you just heard. Uh, those two things, uh, like I said, uh, the first was a man in his arrogance and just follow the rules after that by Keith uh, Giles or Keith Giles. Uh, something that I wanted to play, I don't want to say in honor of the way of what has been happening, but I just thought it would be appropriate. Um that the last one is very biting, though. It's very, it doesn't pull any punches. It, it goes right at you. And um, the the next thing is, of course, an ad for uh, the Zeljans litigation um, at a, a law firm that I'm working uh, working at. Attention, rheumatoid arthritis, psoriatic arthritis, or ulcerative colitis patients. If you suffered a serious blood clot, or DVT, or a pulmonary embolism, or PE, after taking Zeljans, then you may be eligible to file a legal claim for damages. Call the Zeljans Injury Center today at 1-800-909-CLOT for a free consultation. Protect your rights by calling 1-800-909-CLOT. A DVT or PE after taking Zeljans? Call 1-800-909-CLOT for help. And it's time for this week's book choice. Uh, I didn't mention it in the beginning, and I, I tried to do that. I must have forgot to. I think I was going a little fast today for some reason. But anyway, today's book choice is called Lonely Magnolia. Now, many of you, myself included, may have been or are involved in online dating. Now, this story takes place against the backdrop of online dating or person's experience with experiences with online dating. Um, a lot of us, I think, have had the same type of negative experience. Um, we're finding out that uh, the, a lot of the ads in, uh, in these dating sites aren't real. But I'm not, I'm not, uh, I don't want to do any spoilers here. This is a story about a man who is a computer, I guess, genius who became uh, a businessman that developed software. And I think he probably won awards and things like that. I think he says something like that in the, in the story that he, and this is fiction. 
This is by John Isaac Jones, by the way, uh, someone I've played on the on the show before. But John Isaac Jones has written this story about um, uh, online dating and how some of us should not have gotten involved like this man uh, who uh, became a widower, his wife passed away, and he gets into online dating because, well, he he works in the um, software industry and someone recommends it and he gets he gets into it and uh the chapter i think is 3 that i'm going to be playing for you today in which he has developed an online relationship and is becoming very optimistic about it this is lonely magnolia by john isaac jones chapter 3 friendship Over the next two weeks, they shared numerous chat sessions and talked about anything and everything under the sun. Quickly, Dr. Wingate discovered Sadie was a very intelligent woman with a wide variety of interests. In late March, he was in Boston for a three-day conference with other computer scientists at the Massachusetts Institute of Technology. As the speaker yammered on and on about the recent mechanization of computer programming and how one-size-fits-all programming was destroying creativity within the digital community, Dr. Wingate's thoughts turned to Sadie. He didn't want to be here, he told himself. He wanted to be back in Palm Harbor, sipping a glass of sweet iced tea with extra lemon and chatting with Sadie. That night, before he boarded the plane for Daytona Beach, he checked his mobile. He had a new message from Sadie. When he logged in the following morning, he went straight to her message. I hoped you would be online tonight so we could talk. I know you said you would be gone, but I miss our little chat sessions. I guess you're off with your friends discussing algorithms and subroutines or some other such complicated things. I will try again in the morning. The moment he opened the chat window, she was waiting. Good evening. Hi. I missed you. I missed you too. How are you today? Actually, a little tired. I was up reading late last night, reading poetry. I read Song of the Chattahoochee again, first time since high school. Brought back so many memories. Oh, yes, it's a great poem. Out of the hills of Habersham, down the valleys of Hall, I hurry amain to reach the plain, run the rapid and leap the fall. Split at the rock and together again, Accept my bed, or narrow or wide, And flee from folly on every side, With a lover's pain to attain the plain, Far from the hills of Habersham, Far from the valleys of Hall. Very good! (laughs) My mother first read that to me when I was ten or twelve. I never forgot it. Long pause. What plans do you have today? This morning I've got to finish writing some code for a database program. 
This afternoon, I'll either read or go to the beach. Do you ever get lonely? Sometimes. Usually, if I have my work to do, I don't think about being lonely. It's the time when I don't have anything to do that I start to feel lonely. Long pause. When my wife was alive, she filled up my life during the times I didn't have work to do. It's nice to have someone to do that. Yes, I know the feeling. I, too, miss not having someone else in my life. Long pause. My, my, you're so easy to talk to. Somehow, I feel like I've known you all my life. Yes, I feel the same way. After the chat session that night, Dr. Wingate felt he was on to something good with Sadie. This one is a keeper, he thought. She was so open and honest, her self-honesty, that was what he liked best. Here was a woman who could recognize and tell the truth about herself. A rare trait, Dr. Wingate thought. He liked that. And very intelligent. This is the one he thought. This is the woman I've been looking for. This is the woman I will make into the love of my life. Over the next two months, Dr. Wingate and Sadie chatted every day. Over that period, their chat sessions were a whirlwind of shared life experiences, old memories, personal observations, and slices of life. Here are the highlights. April 4. Had an argument with my boss today. At times he is so unreasonable. What happened? He threw a fit because I put the wrong date on a letter to the main office. He said small mistakes like that reflect badly on our local office. There's probably some truth to that. He didn't threaten you with your job, did he? Oh, no. Nothing like that. He was just very cold toward me the rest of the day. Then I wouldn't worry about it. He's probably already forgotten about it. Long pause. Yeah, you're probably right. He does have a short memory about those things. Thanks for trying to make me feel better. You have a way of calming me down. That's okay. That's what friends are for. April 11. Attended to my tomatoes this morning, but spent most of the day thinking about you. Yes, I have spent a lot of time thinking about you lately. When can we meet? I thought we had already talked about this. Remember, we agreed to give ourselves some time to learn one another. You're right. I promise to be patient. I will live up to my promise. Long pause. Well, I've got to go in now. Oh, really? Couldn't you stay just a little longer? Uh, what was the story you were going to tell me about your brother? It will have to wait until tomorrow. I need to get into bed. Okay. Good night. When he closed the chat window that night, he was afraid he had said something wrong. April 20. Beautiful sunset this afternoon. 
The rays of the evening sun paint the bottoms of the clouds in orange-reddish color. Know what I mean? You're a poet. Thanks. Yes, I know exactly what you mean. There are few things on this earth more beautiful than a sunset. Were you at the beach today? Oh, yes. Big surf today. So much water. There were no boats in the inlet except Coast Guard patrol boats. Lots of dead jellyfish. Long pause. I hope someday we can walk along the beach here together. So do I. During the month of May, Dr. Wingate could feel his heart being drawn ever closer to Sadie. May 4. It's early May. Mazinias and petunias are coming up beautifully. They grow well with these warm days we've had lately. Like our relationship? Yes, you could say that. Our friendship has grown quite nicely over the past two months. We've become very good friends. I always look forward to my chat sessions with you. When can I meet you? Remember our original agreement? Three months before we meet. We have not reached that milestone yet. You did agree to that. Yes, I'm aware of that. I guess I'm getting a little anxious. I have developed quite a yen for you over the past two months. I feel the same way about you. I look forward to our chat sessions, but I feel it is best if we wait a while longer. Remember, you did agree to three months. Yes, I did. We'll have it your way. Thanks for your understanding. May 14. Oh, Sadie, I think about you every hour of the day. You are in my heart and mind. Yes, Carl. I feel the same way. Our hearts have grown closer and closer over the past two months, and you have become such an important part of my life. Two nights later, over dinner with his daughter Becky, he told her about Sadie. I think I'm in love, he said. Oh, Daddy, she replied. I'm so happy for you. You're the kind of person who needs someone in his life. Are you going up to Savannah? she asked. Not yet, he said. She wants to wait a while. She says she wants us to be good friends first. I'll probably go next month. Well, that's a sound approach, she said. She wants to be sure it's right before she commits to anything. I can see the sense of that. I just wish it was sooner rather than later. Just be patient the daughter said. She seems like a very nice person, and when the time is right, you and she can get together. Have you talked marriage? she asked. Not yet, but I think we will very soon. She says she wants to get married again. May 22nd. Hurricane warnings out today. And, of course, that chapter from the John Isaac Jones book, uh, Lonely Magnolia, one of many audiobooks uh, of his that you can find at audible.com. And uh, I'll say it again, they have everything there. They have a terrific library of audiobooks, probably the biggest 
in the world. I would, I would, I would not be nervous about making that statement. So uh, definitely check out audible.com. And that should do it for this episode. If you enjoyed hearing from the books I read today, make sure to visit, like I just said, audible.com for more books and short stories that I, as well as many other voice actors, have narrated. Be sure to email me at tomreadsyourstory at yahoo.com to send in your written material for me to perform, or if you have specific questions about getting into the voiceover biz. As always, thanks to Anchor.fm for this wonderful chance at having a continuing podcast. I very much appreciate it. Hope you decide to come back soon. Have a great rest of your day, and take care. For more information on Tom's availability for your e-learning, commercial, audiobook, or video project, visit his website at www.tomzvoices.weebly.com. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Tom Reads Your Story.